0: You're listening to disruptive dialogues on the future of religion. Our aim is to provide listeners tools for a conversation on how religion is changing and being affected by society.
1: I'm your co-host, Troy Shepard. I'm an app developer and a business entrepreneur and a researcher on cultural trends related to religion and community.
0: And I'm your co-host, Dr. Heidi Campbell, a professor of communication at Texas A&M University, where I study the intersection of religion, media, and digital technology. Welcome, and let's dive into
1: today's conversation. Well, again, welcome to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. I'm your co host, Troy Shepard, and on today's episode, we're going to have a conversation with our guest where we'll be discussing ideas around creativity, religion, and maybe even food. Now, our guest today is Hector Ramos. He's a lecturer of innovative and creative thinking, educational psychology, and survey research at Texas A&M University. He holds a PhD in educational psychology from Texas A&M, which focuses on creativity, intelligence, and giftedness. He speaks three different languages. He's worked in at least nine different countries, maybe more, and he also serves as an associate pastor at the Equipping Center in Bryan, Texas. So welcome, Hector. Thank you for having me. So on today's podcast, I want to use this opportunity to get your perspective, Hector, on how the church can think creatively and what some of those examples may look like. Now, when thinking about how churches typically engage with culture, I, I, I think it's often assumed that culture knows or the community knows where the front doors, so to speak, of the church are. And if the community feels like engaging with that particular or that style of church, they just walk through those doors and voila, the church is engaging with culture, right? But I'm sure you have seen many other ways in which culture notices the church, other than just you know, the front door example that I just gave. So what, in your opinion, are are some of the most creative ideas that you've observed as churches consider this possible pivot in in how they engage with culture rather than just, of course, waiting for
0: those in the community to walk through their front doors? Well, you need to know what are the pillars of culture and what are the questions or demands of that uh, group of people I, I like to talk more about communities and cities and nations. It's always about the people and in what ways are we connecting and are we providing an answer to the questions they have. So, for instance, if you, if you say uh, music is one of the answers that, uh, that they're looking for in terms of culture. So the church, I think, can go, it has gone beyond, but it still can do so much better in terms of creation of music That is uh, both of high quality and engaging people into uh, different topics that have to do with, for instance, the love of God without having to be biblical, without having to be not not biblical in terms of meaning, but in terms of including a scripture. So you can have the theme of the love of God inside the the song and it can touch a lot of hearts and people can feel very uplifted. And uh, so, for instance, there's a lot of room for the church to provide music for communities. Um, There are many other ways that churches can engage a community by providing services that they need. Now, in doing history, we have found two of these areas that uh, the church was meeting and even is meeting now, but at different levels and not in the same way. One of them is education. So you have Christian universities, for instance, but to what extent? Are Christian universities shining for, for the Lord? Or is the church using the Christian university to share the gospel with the world or, or meet the needs of that community? Those are questions that still need to be answered. Uh, and the other one is uh, healthcare. So you have a Christian hospitals. So, so, in the past, uh, throughout the centuries, you had uh, the, the church meeting the needs of health and education in communities. But again, you have to do it in such a way that you allow God to enter in, which is the key question. There is no point of having church involved with the society, and God is not nowhere to be found. Right. So the whole thing is how is God uh, uh, working through the work of the church to bless the community uh, through uh, miracles, through uh, all the things that only God can. So as we think about the church kind of, coming out
1: of or removing themselves from the pandemic protocols that that we've been in for quite some time now uh, what areas of creativity have you noticed specifically that churches have used once these this kind
0: of new era has begun so what i can see i mean the, the whole thing about the questions that uh, uh that we are looking into is that uh, they assume a certain understanding of church And uh, I know that a lot of people now are embracing uh, what I would call a hybrid model. In other words, churches are provided uh, in person. You can go to a church service, um, but you can also follow online. The problem there is that uh, some of the online experiences are not exactly the same. I don't think that people start worshipping necessarily at home. What they do is they listen to a message. Now, the problem that we are facing there is that uh, there is a lot of the, let's put, exchange or interactivity, interaction between saints that needs to take place that doesn't really take place online. And to tell you the truth, the reason we have not paid attention to this is basically because a lot of that interaction is not valued in the church itself. So that's why it's so important to look at least one or two scriptures to see what is church all about. So Paul said, do not forget assembling of each other, so you can you may encourage each other. So the question here, I would tell people in our churches: To what extent are you making a difference because you showed up? You are blessing somebody. You are sharing with somebody. You are encouraging somebody. So hmm. that can happen if you make it as part of what God has called you to do, according to the Scripture, and then you see that God moves through that. Otherwise. Uh, a lot of the interaction that is in person is very similar to online. That's why so many churches have, uh, are developing their online versions of a church service.
1: Yeah, I like the distinction there between, you know, either online or in person and this whole hybrid, and, and I think that's good to kind of, um, you know, address that. Is there is there anything you feel that, you know, maybe this um, this post-pandemic church or this church that's coming out of the pandemic needs to address to to be um, maybe a better viable kind of healthy catalyst for societal good or like for society to take notice of the good that the church could be
0: offering or establishing? Yeah, in my research, because I did a, two projects at the university, one being my dissertation, so I had to, I I got to know about 32 to 35 different pastors that I spent time with them and trying to understand the life they'd had in the church. And so I could, I could see what, how the church was developing, the challenges they had. And one of the things I noticed is that the paradigm um, is very much within four walls, what happens on Sundays. And uh, again, biblically, that is not what the, what, what tells us about the church. So church is seven, uh, is seven days a week, but the only thing is that it happens outside those four walls, outside that meeting on Sunday. Now, if, put, we, if we put all our efforts only to, to, to make sure that everything happens well on Sunday and we forget about the rest, I think that we are missing an opportunity for us to be the light of the world. So what has happened with the pandemic is that only it has exacerbated or it has emphasized that uh, what's happening on those services. So people get a bit uh, depressed sometimes when they think, okay, we used to have so many people attending church. And after the pandemic, people just want to follow online or they don't, they're don't—they not showing up to church anymore. My answer to that, to that remark would be, uh, do you, are you sure they were part of the church even though they were meeting in your place to begin with? Mm. Because maybe they were not. And that's the only thing is that the temptation has come for them to realize, oh, if, since, church, since church is allowed for me to, to follow it uh, at home without having the accountability or having to look at anybody or talk to anybody, I can follow God at a distance. And that's that's the only problem that we have found, I think, uh, regarding uh, this pandemic thing. Uh, mm. But going back to the church, the, the focus on what happens inside the church is so, is so is so much emphasized, and I don't think there's anything that is bad uh, on Sundays. It's good, but the only thing is that we should be more uh, outward looking in terms of so how are we bringing out what we are experiencing inside the church? Yeah. So
1: you mentioned about um, church attendance. Uh, are like are you aware of congregations that that may have kind of noticed this change in attendance, whether it be you know less people uh you know in the building and more people online or maybe vice versa um and and what has been in your opinion what or, or like what have you seen has been their reaction or you know on on how to facilitate better interactions within their uh, either church community or within the community at large
0: yeah so yeah, I've seen, uh, at least I've heard about a few examples of, of people saying, and, and there's a bit of research in, and in this area of, of what has happened, how many people are attending church after the pandemic. And so there has been a decrease. Now, people are following maybe the same church uh, that is still uh, trying to use the online to have it on video. So there's a good, a, a good application of online uh, of church is to help people listen to the word that maybe they are sick or they cannot fa- they cannot make it to the church. So there's a good application for that. Other people have stayed at home. But I, I think that uh, um, the, the big issue here is that, uh, that to begin with, that uh, that key question of what are people supposed to do in church and, uh, and how do we value the participation, that is something that has not been considered as part of the uh, church life. And uh, I just make it a point, for instance, when we meet on Wednesday, just to make, so to give an, an example, I love to cook for people. So I bring food for people in the church. Why? Because I think, well, you are coming here on Wednesday. You are sacrificing your time. You are learning about the word. I want to bless you and I want to uh, share with you. So I do it out of love. And I think that this is what God has called me to do. So if uh um anybody's called to do something else please go ahead and do it so you can be a blessing to people. But I really believe that the church has uh, the purpose of the church is for us to meet uh, together not only to receive from one or two people but to have something to share with each other.
1: Now as I mentioned in the introduction you you have exposure to you know many different cultures and backgrounds, you know, traveling across the world and and working in a number of countries. How does the international community play into the progress of this church that's coming out of the pandemic?
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, we have been doing outreach even here to international community, and uh, my in my years in Singapore and my tri- uh, trips to in missions and tasting a little bit of what how's the church in Estonia or in South Africa or Malaysia and other places. I mean, people are trying to do their best to uh, reach out to, uh, they usually do it with uh, works of kindness, uh, uh, food distribution, uh, another type of events to have some sort of an outreach to for people to get to know the love of God and, uh, and the gospel. Okay, um, So what I've, I find basically is that uh, there is not a lot of creativity and not a lot of uh, emphasis on what could be different ways that could be we could be reaching out to people. Now, the moment uh, something opens up that is is like uh, people are joining like right now is the online church experience, you could have like thousands of churches now you can attend online. But the question here is that uh, there could be an abundance of messages, but which what messages really come from God and what has God called you to do and who to listen to? So how is this whole thing about discipleship, uh, taking place within the life of the church? I think those are big, big questions that need to be answered because what you want to see is a grow, people growing in the grace of God and also people sharing, not only because of they have a job and they have some sort of income or wealth that they can share, but also they have something from God, uh, a spiritual gift that they can share, uh, a, a prayer they can share, a miracle that they can share, etc. And then I, I believe that there is uh, not enough of that have been done creatively in the church to reach out outside. Now I'm not just being critical for the sake of it. It's just that this is what I've seen, because there is a very narrow-minded model. Uh, we have put God in a very small box, and I think that He's about to step out of that.
1: And and have you have you seen uh, churches that have progressed towards, you know, supporting minorities or or outliers, you know, within the community in certain avenues that they've chosen to.
0: Uh, engage? That's a super good question because I think that one of the big, big problems in the church is that, that uh, it tends to, it, it doesn't matter where I go, there's a lot of, uh, of either racial or national, there's always a paradigm where church t- tends to happen. So uh, here in the United States you see very clearly, uh, um, so they have uh, churches that attract a lot of African-American people, Hispanic people, there are fewer churches that track all of them, but uh, but again, what are the churches that? What are the how are the churches reaching out to different groups of people? And and I have not seen that very very clearly. That to have, uh, especially uh, here in 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 College Station, there is not very much of strategy for for churches to reach out. However, I think that uh, God, in His mercy, He's He's touching. People in many ways through, for instance, the university through the local ministries or the student ministries that are that are reaching out to students. So that all the things that are happening where the church is not heavenly uh, involved. But uh, in every single nation that I've been to, there's always that type of this a, a, a human, I would say, uh, it's not a gender but very much an ethnic group or nation uh, paradigm that defines the church uh, groups that are attending those churches. Uh, now for those. Churches that want to break out of that mold, what they will have to do very often is to look into uh, having churches in different languages. So, so they have the church, the message being translated into a different language. Uh, because I don't, I have seen this before, and sometimes we have a church with a, that has a, an English service, a Spanish service, a Vietnamese service, or whatever. But if these people they don't interact with each other, they are very separate churches within the same church. So this is a whole thing about how are you connecting with someone who is different from you.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. That's a very good point to bring up. Um, So maybe we could get some advice uh, from you that that I think would be helpful to many organizations. Uh, What do you feel the church, and and when I say church, I mean in general, uh, has struggled with maybe the most coming out of the pandemic?
0: So, yeah. I think I know I've been been so far a little bit pessimistic on my approach, so I'm going to give some sort of solutions or suggestions, suggestions at least for people who will be listening. Number one is that uh, every single obstacle that we face, uh, God has a solution for it. So the whole thing here is not going to be, I don't think it's going to be that we are going to become ourselves very creative in the flesh, but that we are going to go to God and say, uh, what are the things in the spirit? that you want to give to us in order to overcome these obstacles. Now, uh, what I suggest for people that, for instance, if you have uh, 25% of your congregation that has gone online, and they're very happy because they are listening to a service message and they send an offering online, then the idea would be how can you make your service uh, in person much more attractive where 20 things are going to be happening there, 20 different things, and you tell them, if you come to our church, this is what is going to happen. And because people are going to start giving to each other and being active and being uh, activated and, and and receiving something they cannot receive online, they will show up. If they want God, they will show up and they will enjoy that unique experience that you can provide for them. The um, The other thing is that uh, to make a church much, much more than the Sunday thing. So if you have, it, it doesn't have to be a meeting in the church, it could be outside. But if you have outreach activities where people can get involved and they belong there and they are serving there, then they will, be, they will feel part of something uh, where uh, getting to interact with my brothers is going to be as important as to go and listen to a message. So the uh, people will, be, will tend to go back to this fellowship in the same uh, uh, venue uh, thanks to the, the quality of the relationship they have with each other. That those are my my suggestions.
1: Yeah, those are great examples. Yeah, I like those uh, going back a little bit in our conversation. You mentioned that you have a, a passion for cooking or at least for, you know, feeding people, uh, you know, you know, basically to bring them together and have have you noticed any innovative ideas that are revolving around the topic of like gathering for food uh, that you can see as a maybe a
0: positive move forward for the church? Well, the, uh, there are some people, uh, Christians, that are distributing food now in College Station. They, uh, they distribute Mondays uh, at one church. So the venue is a church uh, place outside the church. And then many people go there. And I think there's not only one. There are about two of them now. Is this really innovative? They've been doing it for a, for a while. So I think that there is uh, much more to uh, develop in this area. What we have been doing, um, and and this, if I I, uh, reached like 5,000 international students, I could have 500 every month visiting my church only to have a meal. But then the whole thing would be, who is going to finance this? So meals or giving food to people is still uh, an amazing way to uh, invite people into some sort of fellowship or relationship or experience. Uh, How to do this uh, uh, in a way that is more innovative, I think that... uh, and we don't have to complicate things too much. What we could be doing, my suggestion is that uh, to be uh, intentional uh, in, uh, in having uh, families in the church inviting, for instance, group of students for a meal. And this not have to be outside, that would be expensive, could be inside the home. Uh, so the whole thing here, the church could be, for instance, investing part of the money that it's making. Say, okay, we will pay 50% of your expenses. If you decide to make this meal for these ten people that you are inviting, to share your testimony about your life in Christ, so you don't have to make it an evangelistic um, uh, meeting, but you ha- you have to share. I mean, I think it's always good to share your testimony, and uh, and also to have a word of prayer, and uh, and then as you bless them and build a relationship and see in what ways we can meet the needs of that community we are inviting, I think that will be a very simple way. Uh, you see, very simple ideas can be very creative if you just turn things around a little bit. Uh, and one of the things I suggest, for instance, would be if you're inviting people, you can also tell them, is there anything you would like to bring? And if they contribute, they will be happier. Or would you like to cook this to bake this dessert with me? We're baking this way. We like to learn about this. All. So they have the experience in baking something together. These things already would be would make a great impact in, in the people that come and you interact with.
1: Well, I think too, it's very rare for someone to decline an invitation to eat together as well. So it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, international barriers that can be removed. That's just, um, you know, let's have a meal together and, um, and then, you know, just make it super, super simple. I like your idea of making it simple. That that's probably super helpful to a lot of people instead of making it so complicated. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I mean one example I can give you is uh, that when we invite uh, foreign students to our church, uh, we what we do is we we create more a little bit of a banquet. So, a lot of people they would like to go very low key and say, "Okay, let's." We, we like to come and have some pizza. So we know that uh, most of our students that come, about fifty to sixty percent, they come from India. So I have about six to seven Indian dishes there that nobody cooks. So I have chickpea curry, I have vegetable curry, I have lamb briyani, I have uh, some, uh, even uh, Indian desserts, and Indian drink, we have chai, we have mint water, whatever, and all these things, when, when they come, they say, well, I'm so glad you invited me here, and I did not know you knew so much about these. They feel at home. So you have, when you go the extra mile, for them, they, you can create a, a, a unique connection. So we have a testimony of someone, a student that came two years ago to our uh, meal, Dinner with the other forty international students, and he said, "I'm so glad you called me because you you I was part of that because it made a change in, the, uh, in my life. It, it impacted my life." And we asked him why, and said, "Because after after that COVID came, and the memory of the dinner kept me going in my studies to go through the isolation that I had to suffer." So you never know the impact you're making.
1: Yeah, and so for for our listeners today who who may be struggling to understand, you know, how the church can better engage with the community, uh, maybe that isn't so simple as just food. Have, ha- have you noticed any, any church trends that, that could help our listeners maybe with this effort?
0: Um, yeah, I, I wish that uh, I had noticed uh, a tremendous amount of creativity in going, going out to reach out to people. I think that there's some unique things that our community is doing. In terms of uh, like for instance sos ministries is doing some uh, interesting stuff in terms of getting the, the youth engaged in sports uh so they they have a sports and gospel uh i think that uh, grace bible churches uh they run a ministry where they uh, I called on ramp they provide vehicles for people in need um and so and, and other churches as i said, apart from the food distribution there's also uh, clinics I think they're providing health services in other places now the whole thing here would be that it would be great if we made it a bit more systematized and and also for churches to advertise each other uh, the the services they have to their different uh, communities where they they are serving and uh, but in terms of uh, innovative ideas I I believe that uh, there's a huge opportunity uh, for us in terms of education to have to uh, only tutoring and is this being done? Yes, to a certain extent, there are ministries. There's a ministry from Aldersgate coming up to minister to, to tutor people, students, and it's, it has been, it's having quite a, a big impact as well. So tutoring, anything to do with tutoring, mentoring, helping uh, students with uh, life skills. And this I'm saying students, but they could be adults as well. There's a huge need for uh, financial literacy uh, for people for, with low income. And uh, so these are the are things that are needed. But no, they're not service, We don't have enough services being provided uh, in, in those areas. So uh, what I I'll suggest is to to be a bit more uh, deliberate in finding out in my community what what do people need and how can I uh, empower them to become more productive, productive and, and successful. And uh, I'm as far as I'm uh, in my area for for because my, I'm dealing with students, so I'm trying to do that with uh, extra coaching extra workshops that i do in the church and i invite them so this is how i what i suggest to people is is uh, you have to have an alignment between the need of the community and the expertise in the church so i know that there are a lot of accountants there that could be sharing knowledge with people there are people that are dealing with investments and they could the principle of, of investment and saving they could be sharing it with people there are a lot of there's a lot of wealth in the church that can be shared in many ways and the whole thing here is to create a program around it, and to go out and knock on doors and invite people into uh, to to see in what ways we can be a blessing to them.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, this is this has been a great conversation. You know, some really really good. Uh, I think small little nuggets that uh, that people can use to maybe uh, brainstorm. You know, be creative, uh, think through kind of you know some next steps on. Again, making it simple, but really just just kind of being um, uh, super tactful in 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 thinking, you know, and and kind of progressing forward in how to engage uh, with the community. So, I want to thank you again, Hector, uh, for joining us yeah. today. I feel like I feel like it's been a great brainstorming session, you know, on
0: like creativity. Thank you. I just I just have one one thing to say. One last thing. Anything. And anything we do I think we should do it by faith and committing these things to the Lord so when I, when I'm serving food when I'm teaching when I, whatever I'm doing I'm just saying God use me and what, within whatever I do use that to touch someone so i'm I'm bringing God into the picture by faith and by prayer and that's what i I think we should all do
1: yeah it's a good point it's a good way to kind of wrap up our time today so thanks again Hector for being with us and thanks for Uh, Those who have listened today, we appreciate you uh, engaging with Disruptive Dialogues on the future of religion. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified of future podcasts. And be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform or share it with your friends.
0: We hope you're leaving today with a better understanding about religion and conversational tools to talk about it. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. So until then, take
1: Take care. care.